The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by the reading on which it was based. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At the sight of the crowd, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon from Cana and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus. Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. The Gospel of the Lord. So, for those of you who hate homilies filled with golf analogies, I will apologize in advance. However, seeing that it is Father's Day weekend and also the weekend of the U.S. Open Golf Tournament, I just couldn't help myself. This past Friday, I played in a golf outing back in Ohio to raise money for Loyola Retreat House. And one of the ways that these golf outings make a little extra money for the cause is that they sell mulligans to the teams for $5 apiece. Now, for those of you who think of a mulligan as only some kind of Irish stew, I will explain how a golf mulligan works. A golf mulligan is simply put, a do-over. For each mulligan you purchase, you are allowed to take a poor shot over again as if it never happened. And if the second shot or mulligan is better than the first shot, you simply forget the first shot and count the second shot toward your score. You can use a mulligan at any time to repeat a tee shot you hit out of bounds, an approach shot that you hit in the water, or a putt that you thought you should have made. The bottom line is, it gives you a second chance to do well, without being penalized for the first poor shot you may have taken. Needless to say, you don't see mulligans on the professional golf tour, but they are popular in golf outings and among matches between friends where it is common to give everyone a mulligan on the first tee shot of the day, if needed. The reason I bring up the mulligan is that as I reflected on today's readings, in light of my recent golf experience, I realized these scriptures are full of mulligans. I mean, the Lord gives the whole nation of Israel a fresh start when he leads them out of Egypt and calls them to be his special possession, a holy nation dear to him. And Jesus sends the apostles out to give mulligans to all without cost, to the sick, to the dead, to the possessed, to heal them, free them, and restore them to life. Do-overs for all. 
And Paul, of course, proclaims to the Romans that the greatest mulligan of all time, when God proved his love for us while we were still sinners, and that Christ died for us, reconciled us to God by his death, and now saves us by his life. Yes, God truly, in his wonderful love and mercy, from Egypt to Palestine to State Road 933 and Darden Road, has given us the opportunity to take a second swing. But there is one critical aspect of the mulligan that might be lost on us and cannot be overlooked. On the golf course, the decision to take a mulligan only allows you to hit another shot. It does not hit the shot for you. You are simply permitted to drop another ball and swing again. You are not allowed to go to the green and place the ball in the hole. And so it is in the scriptures that we read today. God, having rescued the Israelites from slavery, says to them, Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my special possession. And when through Jesus' power the apostles heal the sick, cleanse lepers, drive out demons, and raise the dead, those people are not immediately raptured up to heaven. They still have to take another swing at life. They still have decisions to make about how they will live and who they will serve. It is easy for us when we hear about such miraculous powers to think the miracle is the goal. But the goal was never meant to be the healing. The goal was always the entering into a relationship with the healer. The healing was simply meant to encourage, promote, make clear, and invite the healed and those that witnessed the healing into that relationship. The reconciliation with the Father, Jesus achieved by his death, created the opportunity for our salvation. It did not ensure it. The assurance comes through the life in Christ that is made available through his sacrifice, through the sacramental life in the church he instituted, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that he sent upon his return to his throne in heaven. The personal relationship with Jesus that is the kingdom on earth. A foretaste of the heavenly kingdom that awaits our ultimate healing when we die and our souls are released from our bodies. Hopefully not to condemnation, but to purification or ideally celebration. That kingdom is at hand on this earth through the Son of God who gave his earthly life for us so that we could share in his eternal life in heaven. But take it from a golfer who has taken many a mulligan and hit the second ball into the water or the woods right after the first. Having a second chance does not ensure a good shot. Good shots come through practice, repetition, training, focus, and the desire to improve. In the same way, living the life that Jesus calls us to is not automatic, but requires training, desire, practice of virtue, and focus on the love of God and neighbor. And while, when we fail, we have, through God's mercy, a sacramental mulligan of sorts in confession available to us, the availability, the gift of that sacrament, should not be our excuse to sin any more than buying a mulligan should be a reason to hit bad shots. You know, whenever I am at a golf outing and my team buys mulligans for the round, 
we always say that our goal is to play so well that we do not have to use any of them. In the same way, although we should be eternally grateful for God's continuing mercy in our lives, as in golf, our desire in our spiritual life is not to use more mulligans, but to strive to live a life that doesn't require a mulligan at all. And to that end, God nourishes us with the body, blood, soul, and divinity of his Son, the blood by which we are justified, and by which we were saved then and are saved now, and through which he replenishes the gift of his Holy Spirit that gives us the power to make every shot count. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.